Have you ever known someone for years and find out something new about them and it blows your mind? That is how we felt with today's guest. Jim Priest is the president and CEO of Central Oklahoma's Goodwill Industry. We all know the Goodwill stores. It's where you go to put together your perfect Halloween costume or to find that ugly Christmas sweater, right? Well, they are so much more. Enjoy. Welcome to the Made Possible by Podcast, where we have conversations around good with community-minded individuals. We hope that today's episode inspires you to go out and do good. Hello, and thank you again for joining us for another conversation around good. I am Tracy Zerden, and I am your host today. We at Made Possible by love to share good stories. We love to uh, connect causes, companies, and people to do greater good together. And today, I'm happy to have as my guest, Mr. Jim Priest. He is the president and CEO at you're at the uh, Central Oklahoma Goodwill, right? That's correct. Metro Oklahoma Goodwill. Okay, fantastic. So welcome. Thank you for joining us today. I want to give a little bit of background about you and then you can um, give us some more personal details. But uh, Jim has uh, has 40 years of experience as being an attorney. That's a long time, right? <laughs> well, I started very young. You started very young. You were 12 when you started, right? right. <laughs> so not only is he the president and CEO of the Guthrie excuse me, Guthrie, Goodwill Industries of Central Oklahoma, but he prefers to call himself a people developer. And I love that. That strikes a chord with me. Um, you're currently also the president of Sage Council and a columnist with the Oklahoman. I'd like to hear more about that, about what you write about. Um, so you started your career as an attorney and then you moved into the nonprofit space. Right. Uh, you worked you worked with Fate, Fighting Addiction Through Education, and some Sunbeam Family Services. So give us a 90-second snapshot of you. Where are you from? Where'd you go to school? And then tell us about those different nonprofits that you worked with. Yeah, I'll be glad to. Thanks for this opportunity. I grew up in upstate New York, Syracuse, and uh, I was the son of a blue-collar worker and a stay-at-home mom, and we had a uh, you know, uh, kind of a lower middle class upbringing. Uh, I was the first person to go to college in my family, uh, but I was, you know, my dad was a union representative and his father was a coal miner and they lived very close to the poverty line all their lives. And so when, when I grew up, uh, my dad said, don't ever forget where you came from. And so I've tried to make that my mantra over the years to make sure that I don't forget about vulnerable people. Mm. So I went from college then to law school. I was back and forth uh, in my career contemplation. I was thinking about going into the ministry, but I always had an interest in the law and I ultimately elected to go into the law. And so I practiced law then for about 34 years as a trial lawyer mainly in the employment, human resources, and civil rights area. Uh, during that time, I also went back and got ordained. So I am a minister, and I've served as an interim pastor at a local church here for uh, a number of months while they were looking for a, a full-time pastor. And uh, I converted kind of into the nonprofit world after I ran for Oklahoma Attorney General unsuccessfully in 2010 
uh, I lost that race. And as I was thinking about going back into the practice after the campaign, my law partner, Reggie Witten, said, well, why don't you come run this little nonprofit that I've got? It'll be more fun than being an attorney general and nobody will shoot at you. <laughs> That's a perk. <laughs> good after the campaign trail. So fighting addiction through education was something that Reggie started uh, really in honor of his late son who passed away as a result of, of drug and alcohol issues. Okay. And his desire was to educate young people about the dangers of alcohol and drugs. So I ran that nonprofit for several years. And then I migrated to a, a organization called Sunbeam Family Services. And they provide uh, four core services, early childhood, foster care, counseling, and senior services. And that was a really interesting job and an interesting organization. And then I did some consulting for a year. I took off a year through Sage Council, which is my consulting company. And then uh, I saw that Goodwill Industries had an opening and I had represented Goodwill as a lawyer years ago. And so I knew a little bit about it. And I thought, I don't think I'm quite satisfied just being a consultant. I wanna get back into an organization and really have an impact, a bigger impact in the community and on a group of people. So that's what led me here. And I started in March of this year. Okay, so you started mid COVID, not, not mid, beginning COVID. Right, yeah, I was here 10 days. Oh my. Uh, and the governor issued his uh, closure order for all non-essential businesses. And so we have 25 stores and 19, uh, 17 attended donation centers. So we had to shut all of those down and furlough about 600 employees. Mm. Uh, it was kind of a tough way to start a, <laughs> a tenure, but in a way, I kind of jokingly say, uh, the good part is nobody can really second guess your decisions because nobody really knows what to do in this situation. We're all kind of making it up as we go along. And as long as we keep people at the heart of our decisions, uh, we can't go too far wrong. You're right. You're right. So you don't sound like a New Yorker. <laughs> well, after trying nearly a hundred jury trials, uh, I've had the accent beaten out of me so that, uh, you know, Oklahoma jurors wouldn't think I was some carpet bagging. You're uh, right. <laughs> but I, my wife tells me I can lapse back into my New York accent. So, you know, anytime uh, I want to talk like I'm from New York, I can still do that, you know? There you go. <laughs> yeah, when we're from Colorado. When we first moved here, my husband was told he needed to learn to play golf because a lot of business deals happen on the golf course. And no, he's a Colorado rugby player, and and that didn't go. That just didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah, said there's no deals in in rugby. Yeah, no, there was no chance he could hurt anybody playing golf unless he threw his club. So he was out on that. So, <laughs> yeah. so you started a job mid beginning COVID. Other than that, having adjusted that, what has been your personal biggest COVID pivot? You know, the the kinds of sacrifices I've made, and I wouldn't even call them sacrifices. They're really just modifications. So of course we, uh, we mask all the time throughout Goodwill in our administrative offices here and then through all of our stores and donation centers. 
We have posted notices that we require uh, customers to also mask so that our customers and our employees are protected. Uh, we do a lot of cleaning and sanitizing, uh, monitoring. We check our temperatures here every day and also at the stores. So those kinds of things, are, I think, are small modifications to our lifestyle. We were able to reopen our stores and donation centers after about six weeks. And that's a very fortunate turn of events uh, because some Goodwills across the United States are still unable to open. And, uh, you know, in areas where the COVID campaign is, is much, much higher than it is here in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. Well, I was in, um, I'm in Guthrie, America, and I was in Guthrie the day that the our Goodwill opened and there was workers literally wiping down every piece of whatever it was at the store. They wiped down every book, every toy, every little knickknack thing. I was really impressed that they were taking it very seriously. Well, I, I'm glad to hear that. And, you know, the tough part is to keep that up for months on end. Uh, there, I think all of us experience a certain degree of fatigue with having to socially distance and not go out to eat in restaurants and that kind of stuff. But as I often tell people, we are not living in London in 1942. That was sacrifice. You know, you were getting bombed on a daily basis by the Nazis if you lived in London in 1942. Uh, so it's not, it's not that kind of sacrifice that we're making. And we can certainly, all of us need to uh, pitch in and do what we can to combat the COVID uh, crisis. Absolutely, just to keep each other safe because we need to, we need everybody, we need everybody in on this. Right. So you talked about um, how, a little bit about what drew you to Goodwill about being wanting to be back on the front lines, so to speak, and working with people and being a people developer. What does that look like for you? What does that mean? Well, one thing that I constantly talk about when I'm uh, mostly in Zoom calls now and conferences and presentations, I talk about our new phrase, more than a store. Hmm. Goodwill is a very well-recognized brand, but it's not that well understood. And so when you see a Goodwill, the smiling G, which is kind of our logo that everyone knows, uh, nearly everybody thinks thrift stores. But, and that's about the end of what they think. Uh, they might think donations, but, but, but it doesn't capture the totality of what we do at Goodwill. So Goodwill is really an employment incubator. Uh, we take people uh, who often are vulnerable, maybe having difficulty finding a job, looking for a way to get their foot on that first rung of the ladder of success. And uh, we help them find jobs. We help them upskill in our training. Uh, and then sometimes they we find them jobs outside of Goodwill, but many times we find them a job in Goodwill. And we have a variety of different things we do. Of course, the, the stores are our biggest uh, center of activity. We have about 600 employees that work in our retail area. But we also do contract services. Uh, we do janitorial contract services and unarmed security contract services 
for private companies and state agencies. So you can, 75% of the people in our janitorial contract services are disabled. And we are able to provide excellent janitorial services, but also give folks who have a disability meaningful employment. Uh, so we also do a program that people probably don't typically associate with Goodwill. It's called the, the Supportive Services for Veterans Families. And it's a federal grant program where we help homeless veterans find a place to live. We literally take them off the street, sometimes living in homeless encampments, and we put them temporarily in a hotel or motel, and then we help them transition to permanent housing. And all along the way, we help resource them with whatever they need. It might be food, uh, that's often the case, clothing, uh, sometimes they want a job. And uh, so we help folks transition off the street and into a meaningful life. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think anybody would ever have any idea that Goodwill does the janitorial services or help helping the veterans that, I mean, I've been shopping the Goodwill forever and I've had no clue that that was happening. Uh, well, your, your listeners uh, could go to our website, okgoodwill.org and see the wide variety of community services that we provide and that we've been providing since 1936. We're coming up on our 85th anniversary this next year. And we're gonna have a, a, an event in August. We hope it's a live event. I hope it doesn't have to be virtual, uh, but it will be a fashion show where we have local celebrities and trendsetters shop at Goodwill stores and find a knockout outfit and model it. Uh, and it's gonna be a fun event. It's not gonna be a stuffy sit down dinner. We're gonna have a lot of mixing and buffet and entertainment and that sort of thing. So it's gonna be a lot of fun. And you'd be surprised, I think Tracy, uh, I was at what cool clothing you can find at your local Goodwill. Uh, th there's a lot of neat stuff. And of course, the prices are really, really good. Uh, so I often have my friends call me and say, hey, you're not gonna believe this, but I got a Pierre Cardin sweater for $10 at Goodwill. They're just they're proud of having saved it and gotten such a great piece of fashion. Absolutely, no, I'm not surprised at all. I've been an avid, Shopper for 20 years, probably 50% of my closet is Goodwill. So I'm, I 100% I agree that you can find treasures there. Absolutely. Well, um, thank you, thank you for supporting our mission. That's that's the line we always say when someone checks out of Goodwill. Hopefully, you've heard that a bunch of times, uh, because when people donate to Goodwill and when they shop at Goodwill, they're really supporting the wide variety of community services we provide to homeless veterans, to people just coming out of the criminal justice system who are looking for a second chance employer. Goodwill is that kind of a place. Yeah, I was just gonna ask you, tell us a little bit about the second chance program. It's really interesting. And uh, as a lawyer, I was involved from time to time in the criminal justice system. And I know the challenges that people face uh, I probably don't know them thoroughly enough because you know you don't know it until you've walked in those shoes. But uh, a person coming out of prison 
And let's say they were legitimately convicted, but sometimes people are put in jail and they didn't do the crime, but whether they deserved it or not, it's tough to find a job. Sometimes it's tough to find a place to live. And so if they come to Goodwill, we will help them find employment. And we have a number of folks, many, many folks uh, who are employees at Goodwill who have a criminal background. <clears throat> and one lady, uh, well, there's actually two folks I was gonna tell you about. One lady named Shelly uh, was convicted of a felony and spent time in jail. And when she got out, she felt very vulnerable. She felt like nobody trusted her because she had a criminal background. And she came to work for Goodwill and began working in our stores. And she got a promotion to a position we call shift lead, which is kind of like an intermediate uh, managerial position. And the shift lead gets the keys to the store. And Shelly told me this was a life-changing experience that someone would give me keys to a store. They trusted me. Uh, and now she's, uh, she, she's moved up in the company and she has responsibility over a number of different stores. And she says, uh, I owe everything to Goodwill and I am never leaving Goodwill. <laughs> so wow. we're glad for that uh, great loyalty. And you know, what Shelly experienced is what a lot of folks coming out of prison or jail experience, that uncertainty, they're not sure how people are going to accept them, how society, can they find a job? And it, they need to know they can find a place at Goodwill. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's just somebody trusting them again. That's yeah. a huge thing. Someone trusting them again, because I'm sure that that's probably something she never dreamed would happen. So right. what a great, I love that. I love that. What was the other story that you wanted to share? Yeah, I was, I do a Friday video uh, and I started this when we were on furlough and it was hard to stay in touch with all of our employees. So I started posting uh, just a few minutes worth of video where I'd give an update. Here's what's going on. If you need help filing for unemployment, if you need help with your benefits, because we kept everybody on benefits. Mm. And uh, so I kept that tradition up. And so I, I post a Friday video every week to all of our employees, telling them what's going on and you know, trying to encourage them. That's part of that people development thing. And I was shooting my Friday video in the warehouse some months ago and a guy uh, walked by me. And when I, I stopped the video, he said, you're shooting the Friday video, aren't you? And I said, yeah, I am. So he introduced himself to me. He was an employee at our outlet store. And he said, uh, I love Goodwill. He said, it was a, a, a godsend in my life. He said, like a lot of people, I made some bad decisions in my life. And uh, my family got messed up and I spent time in jail, but Goodwill gave me a chance. He said, uh, it, it's remarkable now. I've got a job. I've got opportunities for promotion. And in fact, he was recently promoted. And he said, I've got my family back together. This is who I am, he said. Mm -hmm. uh, his employee named David is so enthusiastic. And, you, you know, he just, he's infectious in his enthusiasm. And it's because somebody believed in him and gave him a chance. And that's what we do at Goodwill. 
that's a great example of, again, of the people development, you know, putting people first and giving people a second chance who wouldn't normally have one. So again, thank you. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. So how would you define, uh, we talk in, at Made Possible by a lot about community and how different businesses choose to give back to their community. And you talked a little bit about that. How would you describe the climate of the Goodwill community? Well, the Goodwill community is pretty broad if, if you're looking at uh, the international. We were started in 1902 by a Methodist minister named Edgar Helms. And since 1902, we've expanded into all 50 states and a number of countries overseas. So we are part of what's called Goodwill Industries International, but we are a local, locally controlled, locally funded uh, Goodwill nonprofit. We're a 501c3. Uh, if someone makes a financial donation to us, which they can do by going to okgoodwill.org, uh, it will be tax deductible. And so we're part of this big network, but we have local control. And of course, local responsibility. We have to raise our own funds. So we have the opportunity to look at our local community and determine what are the most pressing needs of the people in central Oklahoma. Uh, we cover about 37 counties in central Oklahoma. And so what could we do that would best, uh, best address the needs in the arena of jobs and job training? So one of the things that we're doing to reach out to our community is we've started a, what's called a mobile job connection center. We have a job connection center here at our administrative offices where people can come and use computers even if they don't know how to use a computer, we will teach them how to do an internet search, how to put a resume together, how to apply for a job online. But, you know, sometimes people have difficulty getting to our location here on the south side of, uh, of the main Oklahoma City area. And so even though we're on a bus route, it's sometimes hard to get here. So we decided we need to take our show on the road. We need to equip a, a minibus with computers and workstations and go out to where the people are who need our help. Uh, so right after January the 1st, uh, we've been uh, asking for donations to support the Mobile Job Connection Center. We've got enough to purchase the van and equip it. And uh, we have a staff member who's gonna drive it and be the trainer we'll have a generator so we'll have power and we're going to go out into the community where people live and work and where they need help finding jobs or upskilling to get that job that they they want to graduate to wow that's that's boots on the ground right there that's just getting out there in the community and meeting a need that's exciting when do you hope to get that out there rolling i mean covid right now everything's hard but are you able to get that rolling pretty soon? Yeah, we're, we're planning on launching it in January. Right now, as a matter of fact, um, we're, we're in the process of purchasing the, the minibus. It's about, I forget, maybe like a 25, 24 passenger bus that we'll pull the seats out of and, and equip with workstations and desks. And, uh, and then we'll, once it's done, we're going to put it on the road. So we're, our anticipated launch date is probably early January of next year. 
that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Do you know, like, do you have certain areas already where you're going to go or how do you figure out where to, where to park it? Well, for one, one of the great things about being part of the nonprofit community and we're, we're a member of the United way. Uh, so we have lots of partnerships with United way agencies. Uh, one of them is the homeless Alliance. It's a local nonprofit that's run by a friend of mine, Dan Strawn, and Dan does a terrific job helping homeless people. And many of those homeless people are those who need a you know, step on the ladder of success. And so we'll, I think one of the first places we'll go is go uh, set up in the parking lot of the Homeless Alliance. Mm -hmm. And so people that come there for a meal in the morning or come for support or for case management, will have the opportunity right there uh, to do uh, some upskilling, some job searching, and we'll coach them uh, on how to, how to get that job to get back uh, into the income earning mainstream. Mm. And one thing I'll just add, uh, Tracy, is, you know, we talk about jobs and how important it is to have a paycheck, but a job is so much more than that. A job gives us a sense of self-worth and identity and uh, and it it contributes to the strengthening of families and so when we say we help people find jobs and upskill for jobs we're not just talking about a paycheck as important as that is that's really important but perhaps as important is the fact that we're giving them an identity an opportunity to learn and grow and and firm up their self-worth and strengthen their families. Absolutely. It gives you a purpose to right. get up in the morning. And yeah, definitely. And to know that you're part of a team. That's a big thing. It's, it's uh, an extended type of family. You know, yeah. it sounds like Goodwill definitely has that. I love that. Um, so we at Made Possible By, one of the things we do is we tell good stories. We love to share stories of community uh, community champions. That's what we call people who give back into their community. Um, do you think it's okay for businesses to share the good that they're doing in their communities? Oh, absolutely. Uh, and there, there's something that I learned about both when I was a practicing attorney and later in the nonprofit world called CSR, Corporate Social Responsibility. And many companies, this is a top priority for them. Others do it simply, you know, to get some good publicity. But for whatever motive it is, it helps the nonprofit community and it helps people who maybe aren't even plugged into a nonprofit agency. So I think they, they should talk about it. Uh, statistics show that companies who engage in CSR, corporate social responsibility, have higher loyalty values among their own employees, better retention rates, and their customers appreciate that. They, uh, they are more likely, customers are more likely to shop with an organization that takes corporate social responsibility seriously than one that's simply motivated by the bottom line. So yeah, I think they absolutely should talk about it. And, and we should talk about it too. Uh, we nonprofits who benefit from uh, their generosity, we need to constantly be talking about them in the community and thanking them. Absolutely. Well, you're speaking our language because we love to hear that. We, we, when we share stories of businesses doing good, it inspires other people to get out and do their own kind of good. 
because we can't yeah. all do the same thing. We need to be doing different things. So yes, I'm glad to hear you say that. <laughs> hey, quick, quick story, which I thought was really funny. I was talking to a friend of mine who was the number two guy at a large energy company. And I was talking to him about, you know, maybe they could help support a nonprofit that I was at previously. And he said, you know, the problem with you nonprofits priest, you never, you come in and ask us to help you, but you never ask what you could do for us. And I was like, wow. I mean, <laughs> I don't think we're very powerful. Uh, what could we possibly do for you? You're a big energy company. And he said, there's a lot you could do. Uh, you could talk about us. You could talk about what we do to help you. Uh, it, it helps our brand identification if we are seen as a partner with good nonprofits like you. And it totally transformed how I approach companies now. So when I, when I go talk to people about supporting us, I, one of the first things I say is, what could we do for you? And sometimes it takes them aback. You know, they don't really think of a nonprofit helping them. They only think all oh, the nonprofits here with their hand out. Uh, and I say, well, I want you to think about that. And you may not have an answer off the top of your head, but I want you to view us as a partner. And in any way, any way that we can help you, uh, we want to do that because you're helping us. And it's really changed the way I approach uh, asking for donations for companies. Well, absolutely. I need the, the companies need that ROI, right? They need to have some sort of a return on what they're giving and, and just singing their praises out in the world definitely helps. Uh, I totally agree with what you're saying about uh, people want to shop at places that do good. They want to work at places that do good. Um, it's, it's part of that belonging to something who's make something or someone who's making a difference. So yeah. I, that's great. And you so, know, the, the other way that companies help us is by uh, key people from the organizations serving on our board or serving as volunteers. And we have a, we have about a, a 16 member board of directors here at Goodwill. And many of them are from leading organizations in the community. So they have to take time away from their job uh, to serve on our board and, and support us. And uh, so that's another way. It's not a direct money way but uh, giving us people power is another way companies can support us. Well, absolutely. We need to think outside of the box because very often we get stuck in that box of it's writing a check. That's how I give back to my community. But sometimes volunteering is more effective or it would be, it would bring more return to that organization. So yeah, mm -hmm. we, we got to think broadly on what it looks like to give back and invest in people. If you're going to invest in people, that takes time. Yeah. Well, you know, and speaking of investing in people, there's a guy that I've gotten to know uh, in recent months who works for us. Uh, his name is Michael. And I ran into him. I, I try to get out to the stores and visit a couple stores every Friday afternoon. And I ran into Michael at one of our stores. And he, his area, he was responsible for the electronics area of the store. And it was perfect. And so I got to, you know, it was well organized. It looked great. And uh, so we got to talking to him and he actually came to us through our homeless veterans program. Mm. He said, I was living on the street, sleeping wherever I could, sometimes in a field. I didn't have much food. He, 
he had served in the Navy, but he had experienced a traumatic experience that really sent him into a tailspin. And uh, someone referred him to our veterans program. And as part of that, he said to them, you know, I, I don't want things given to me. I want to, to work. Is there a place I could work? And so he got a job at Goodwill. And he is a phenomenal employee. Uh, and in talking with him, he said, Goodwill literally saved my life. Okay. They got me off the street. They got me into housing. They gave me food. They got me started back on an upward path. And uh, he said, I just, I love Goodwill. And uh, I'm so thankful uh, that I got referred to the veterans program and then I got hired at Goodwill. So wow. that's the kind of story. When you go home at night, you think, hey, we're making a difference in the lives of people. Absolutely. Not just providing fabulous outfits for a low price. <laughs> you're, <laughs> right. you're, you're developing people and giving them a second chance and giving them hope. So yeah. um, I love those stories. I love that. It breaks my heart for veterans or anybody to be on the street. So thank you for doing that. That's that's a hard ministry. I mean, it, it really is. Um, it's just heartbreaking every day. So thank you for being a part of that. I appreciate yeah. that. Well, uh, so folks that serve in our veterans program are really... Uh, such stand-up people. They are out there on the streets, literally, going to the homeless encampments, identifying veterans, and bringing them. Sometimes, literally, putting them in our car, in their cars, and bringing them back here so we can get them enrolled and help them. So, uh, you know, we've got so many great employees here at Goodwill, uh, and the ones that are uh, out there on the street are right at the top of the list. Uh, and, and I'm grateful for their work. Absolutely. That takes a special person to be out there. It really does. Yeah. Uh, so give me your uh, your 30 second shout out, your motiv motivation statement, your call to action. What would you leave people with today? I would say, uh, you know, engage. Find a way to be engaged in your community. And one of the easy on ramps to engagement is by bringing uh, donations of used goods to Goodwill and shopping at our stores and donating financially online. But we've, we've all got to engage. You know, we're in a hunker down kind of mindset. And sometimes what that results in is people not engaging with community partners like they need to. So I wrote a column recently in the Oklahoman where I said, yeah, well, we're all hunkering down for safety the other meaning of the word hunker down is to really focus in on something you believe in. And this is a time for people to hunker down from, from COVID, but hunker down in investing in nonprofits like Goodwill Industries of Central Oklahoma. So thank you to everyone who does that. Uh, we're deeply grateful. So we, we did, I meant to touch on this about your column. Does your column have a name? It does, it's called Family Talk. And it's, uh, it's available online. I'm hoping it'll be put back in the print newspaper soon. Uh, you know, print newspapers are a precious commodity for space. And so they don't, I used to be in the print paper, but now I'm on the digital side of the house. And I've written this uh, column for off and on for over 20 years. And it's just a it's a, a way I can give back to the community. I do it for free. I write every week 
about some aspect of family life, how to, how to have a better marriage, how to help raise your kids, how to get along with your in-laws, uh, that sort of thing. Wow, that's, that, that's very non-attorney-like, I would say. <laughs> I don't mean to pigeonhole you, but that seems very uh, outside of the box. Yeah, yeah. Well, some people thought I practiced family law because of that, and I didn't. Uh, <laughs> but I've, I'm a big believer that uh, families are the cornerstone on which our whole society is built. And whatever your family looks like, uh, how many people are in it, might be big or might be small, uh, that's the place of a real home. And un it's unfortunate many people have not had a good home life. And so they got off to a rocky start. Many of our vulnerable people uh, had that happen and many people that end up in jail. So I think if we could get the families right, it would, uh, it would help straighten out a lot of the other issues in our world. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Jim, thank you for joining us today. I really appreciate you taking the time to tell us more about what Goodwill does. I'm excited uh, for people to learn about all these different cool branches of different ways that you're uh, impacting your community. So thank you for doing that. And listeners, thank you again for joining us for another conversation around good. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss another good story. So thank you again, Mr. Jim. We appreciate you and everybody have a great day. Thank you. We are so excited to share season two of Conversations Around Good. We have guests from around the world sharing how they are making a difference in their communities. If you know of an individual, a cause, or a company doing good in their communities, we would love to share their stories. Go to mpbblog.us, go to the end of the page, and share their information, and we will make their good loud. Thank you for listening in to another episode of the Made Possible By podcast. Made Possible By helps make community giving easy. The businesses we serve love to give back to their communities with their time, product, and cash. It's rewarding, but not easy. So let us help you continue to do good in your community.